I'm Jack Kennedy, and we're here to bring you the latest in MMA. My name is Hunter Boss, and what the boss says goes. What is up, everyone? My name is Keaton McNamara, and you already know what time it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Keelan McNamara and Hunter Boss. Well, guys, let's get into the episode. Let's get started with the news. And since we're talking about uh, Jake Paul, we haven't talked about him in a while. We had to get another rant from Keelan going, right? We we had to bring it up. Well, this actually dropped today. Um, and it was actually, it was pretty funny. He's calling out Dana White, Masvidal, Diaz, McGregor, all, all a whole litmus of UFC fighters and the organization itself. The big thing, though, was Chris Cyborg made an appearance in the in the whole thing. So, uh, Hunter, starting with you, what do you think about this from Jake Paul? It was pretty entertaining. I'm not gonna lie; like, I, I thought it was funny. Um, I can't. I don't want to just hate Jake Paul to hate Jake Paul. Like, a lot of what he said was true. I mean, they raised the pay per view prices, yet we saw the payout for the uh, last UFC event, UFC 270, and it was. Dog, dog shit. It was, yeah. it was, it was like 1.8 million for all the fighters on the c- card combined. I mean, it, it just, it doesn't reflect well in the UFC, especially when they just raised the pay per view prices. So, it was smart of Jake Paul to bring that up. Um, the cocaine stuff, stupid. I mean, I everyone knows it's just dumb. Uh, Chris Cyborg making an appearance, very smart. I think very smart for Jake Paul. Um, I mean, Chris Cyborg and Dana White have had their problems in the past with weight cutting and the whole Vanderlei Silva and address type of situation here. So I understand why she did it. And I'm not mad at her by any means because she got, she got done dirty by the UFC. You know, it, it, there's no other easy way to put it. The UFC is not always the good guy in these situations. Oftentimes they're actually the bad guy. So uh, yeah, I mean, it was an entertaining video. I don't think it's going to do much though. I think Dana White maybe responds with a tweet, maybe not even responds at all. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But all in all, I thought it was it was kind of funny. Uh, the, the Conor McGregor stuff was true. He hasn't really won a fight in five years other than what, Cowboy. And Cowboy was on a losing streak. Um, the Nate Diaz thing was funny. It, it, I mean, it was they were just making fun of his list, right, from what I can yeah. remember. There wasn't really much else to it. Uh, the Masvidal thing, I mean, it was all right, I guess. I, if, if I were to rate the whole video out of 10, I'd give it like a 7. Like, it was a 7 out of 10. Like, it was it – was, it was a solid video. shit in it, but it's Jake Paul. So if there wasn't stupid shit in it, it wouldn't be a Jake Paul video. So Keelan, here we go. Off to you. <laughs> Jake Paul, we meet again, don't we? You just <laughs> had to ruin my fucking Friday. Thank you very much for that, you idiot. Um, Jesus, where do I even begin? Um, I'm fed up. Uh, no, look, um, the Chris Cyborg thing was true. Um, I have no issue with that because, you know, Hunter, you actually said an excellent line there, and I really want to give you credit for it because it's very, very true, my friends. The UFC is not always the good guy, and you're absolutely correct in saying that. You're absolutely right. 
Dana White was nothing but an asshole to Chris Cyborg, always has been. No idea what his gripe's always been, but he's always been a scumbag to Chris Cyborg. And I'll always defend Chris Cyborg in that because she was done dirty from the beginning. You know, even back in, what was it, 2008, 2009 or something, when he made those comments about Vanderlei Silva and the dress, it was just totally unnecessary, you know. Chris Cyborg wasn't doing anything. She was minding her own business. And Dana tried to be funny by being a dick about her. You know, it wasn't cool. And the only thing that was remotely acceptable about that video was Chris Cyborg being in it. Because she had every right to be if she wanted to be. Because she was done really badly by the UFC. And I have no problem with that. But on to Jake Paul yet again. Um, This never gets old. Trust me. Um. In my brain, I'm a 60-year-old man from the stress of talking about him. But, um, you know, I, I don't know how many more ways I can explain this and people still don't understand where I'm coming from. I'm going to try and spell this out as simply as I can without my head exploding all over my room because I, I feel like this is the point that we're getting to now. Jake Paul, the guy with the shit hair who just released the video, does not care about fighters. Jake Paul does not give a single solitary fiddler's flying fuck about fighter pay. The only person Jake Paul cares about is Jake Paul. Jake Paul cares about Jake Paul's pockets and Jake Paul's bank account. Jake Paul cares about paying Jake Paul and keeping Jake Paul in the headlines. Like everything Jake Paul has ever done, he's managed to take a sincere issue, fighter pay, and make it about him. Has anybody else ever noticed that? No one's talking about the fighters who actually deserve to get paid. We're talking about Jake Paul because Jake Paul, as he always has done, has stolen the spotlight and put it back on him. Nothing can ever not be about Jake Paul because he has to be relevant and he has to be constantly in the headlines. He can't just say, oh, I think fighters should be paid more and I would do anything I could to try and do that. No, everything's about Jake Paul. Amanda Serrano fighting Katie Taylor in the biggest woman's fight in boxing history, which will be amazing, by the way. Jake Paul, I'm the one that put it all together. Eddie Hearn can't do this without me. I'm the best promoter in boxing history, even though I haven't fought an actual boxer yet, but that's not the point, evidently. You know, going into this whole UFC thing, I mean, yes, whatever. People are going to think the video's funny. They're going to think it's genius. They're going to think it's the greatest thing he's ever done. Yeah, fair enough. You said Dana White is hookers and he does cocaine. Nothing original. McGregor stuff, nothing original. You said Nate Diaz has a lisp. Haha, you're very, very funny. You made your jokes about Masvidal, even though you were happy to be training with him for your first fights. But Yo, whatever. Keelan, 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 I got to interrupt here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounds like you're taking this a little too seriously. It's it's a diss track. <laughs> I mean, I mean yes, it's just a music video. I, I mean, at the end of the day, he's getting the point across. And yeah, he's going to be making headlines, but he's going to be making headlines for fighter pay. I mean, I understand it's, it's, it's the Jake Paul parade and everyone like doesn't like Jake Paul and, and, and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, he's getting the point across at least. That, that's the most important part. We're now highlighting that fighters need to get paid more, I think. And uh, it's just, it's just bigger and better. And especially if Jake Paul's doing it because he has millions of subscribers, millions of followers that will watch these videos and realize, yeah, fighter pay needs to happen. But that I'm sorry. I, I, I am so sorry to interject. <laughs> But I just I couldn't I couldn't bite on my tongue any longer. Hunter, we knew this for years. This isn't a new issue. 
do you think of all people we need Jake Paul to tell us the obvious? Really? Do you really no think... No one else is. Maybe not us, but maybe other people who aren't as familiar to the sport. Like, Jake Paul brings the eyes to it. All I'm saying there. Have Mike Tyson advocated or someone? How he's, has not, someone... he's not doing it. So, <laughs> someone has to. <laughs> he's dead. And I, I guess our him. golden he's hero dead. has to be Jake Paul, of course. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry i want you gotta play devil's advocate a little bit right like i mean look, like it's kind of funny look the issue is a serious one francis and Ghani should be being paid a hell of a lot more than he's being paid and fighters should be getting paid a lot more than they are i have no issue with that what i do take issue with and as a combat sports fan what i take personally is a hypocrite who's irrelevant to our sport trying to be the champion of something that he isn't. Now, Jake Paul, if you think you can do this better than everyone else, then go ahead. No one's stopping you. You want to do your own thing and get people paid. That's your business. But until you actually start actioning something and until you actually start doing something about it, you can piss off. That's as far as I'm concerned. Look, I'm not going to defend Dana White. Fighters should be paid more. That's not breaking news to anyone and that's not a shock. But at the end of the day, this is professional business. And Jake, this isn't your business. Stay away, do your own thing, continue fighting people who can't box and make your own money. But until you actually start coming to the table with something serious and actually trying to improve people's lives, stop throwing them about to keep yourself relevant. I'm starting to get annoyed with it now. Look, when this was Ben Askren and this was whatever beforehand, Nate Robinson Fair enough, you know, he was doing his little circus act, his little jig and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's starting to get irritating now. It really is. Because what Jake Paul is doing, whether he's the champion of it or whether he isn't, what he is doing is taking someone who is relevant, Dana White, and using a popular stick to beat him with, to keep himself relevant, to keep himself making money, to keep his sponsorships paying him. That is what all this is about is lining Jake Paul's pockets. That is it. You know, Jake Paul ain't the patron saint of fighter pay, and he's not here to try. I really, really doubt that he's here to improve these fighters' lives at all. What he is doing is clinging on to a popular issue. He's a populist. He's hanging on to a popular issue to keep himself in the headlines. When it comes to his next fight, he will use this to promote himself. When his next fight's announced against whoever it is, probably someone else who can't fight back, he will use this issue to keep himself relevant, to promote his fight, and to pay himself. So, look, I mean, I'm fat. Jack, just you just go on ahead with this. I'm, I'm done. I'll close it. All right. I'll close it. Look, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Kaelin. I really do. However, look, I see it from this point of view, right? Look, the video itself, I thought was pretty funny, if I'm being honest. All right. Is it a good video? No, but it's a diss track by Jake Paul. It's not going to be a good video. All the stupid YouTube diss tracks, honestly, usually I, I hate them a lot. But here, here's my overall takeaway, what I really hope we get to see. I hope Dana White makes a diss track, right? And goes back at, at oh, Jake Paul. That would be the ideal situation of what I'm hoping for right right now because I would love to see that and like usually I'm against YouTube diss tracks because I think they're like awful to watch however that would be the best thing ever and I hope we see it so Daniel White that's the only way you can get a Jake Paul don't ignore him play right into the game that's what we want all right make a diss track of yourself that's what I want to see 
Get yeah. Eminem in the mix. I mean, exactly. Dana White appeared in Eminem's Actually. video. He Dana, Eminem could, is the mass this track master. I mean, oh, he did one kill this track did Eminem's yeah. help. Look, that you know one, Jake Paul's the easiest target available. So yeah, that'd be it. You know what? If Eminem does it, I'm on board. I don't care. <laughs> we got Keelan. Let's go. Yeah, no. Um, I guess taking it to oh, as serious as a note as you can get with this. Um Look, I, I honestly, I see it as kind of a, look, Keelan, everything you said about Jake Paul's mindset is absolutely correct. Does he actually care about the fighters? No. Does he actually care about anything he's saying? No. Does he care about Dana White using cocaine? No. He probably uses cocaine himself, if we're being honest, right? No one really, he doesn't really care. It's all about, right, promotion. Look how well it's doing right now. It got us talking about it, right? People talking about it. Jake Paul saying really, but <laughs> fair enough. Uh, <laughs> two, two, two out of the three willingly. Um but at the end of the day, at the same time, all of this stuff is stupid. It's all about Jake Paul, sure. But it is, at the same time, raising awareness to the fire pay issue. I really think it is. Look, about us, hardcore MMA fans, yes, we've known about it. We know it's a problem. But for people that are getting new into the sport and stuff like that, or people who are unfamiliar with it, you know, this is they're, they're, it's raising awareness, indirectly raising awareness to the issue. So I think, honestly, it is a mutually as much as it can be said that a mutually beneficial thing for both Jake Paul and for raising awareness to fire pay. The ultimate thing that makes this why the main reason we're talking about, it, I think is that Chris Cyborg was in the video because that is such a massive get, because I think all of us, you know, agree pretty much uh, universally that Chris Cyborg was done dirty by the UFC for such a phenomenal fighter that she was. She only had one loss in the UFC and that was to Amanda Nunes in a fight that, Really, if they ran it back, if she like didn't completely rush in every three seconds, who knows what happens in that fight, especially what we've seen from Manon Nunes lately. So, look, at the end of the day, I think Jake Paul is doing it for himself, of course. At the same time, though, I do think it is somewhat good for uh, fire awareness as far as fire pay goes. That, that's, that's my overall takeaway from the Jake Paul diss track video. And hopefully we get Dana White to respond with the diss track as well, because that would be that would make my week right there. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just say one more thing about this before we move on, because look, you guys are both right. It's a diss track. It's a parody by the very nature of what it is. It's a joke. And, you know, I, I kind of want to keep this as serious as I can, because these are people's livelihoods at stake. You know, there are people who rely on their living to be able to go in and fight and get paid fairly for it. So I, I, I think this is just a serious issue being championed by a joker. That's my problem with it. If this was someone who was, I, I no examples are coming to mind, but if it was being championed by someone serious and they were doing just tracks or something to get the point across, I could almost agree with it because at least I, I would know it was coming from a sincere and genuine place. But the fact that this guy is the one championing it, championing it. And even worse, the fact that people are actually listening to him shows you how bad of a place we're in in combat sports professionally. Look, the argument's not invalid. The argument's very valid because fighters need to be paid a lot more, especially when fans are being paid more to watch them fight 
That I have no argument with whatsoever. I have an argument with the face of the argument, and that is Jake Paul. I simply don't think he occupies any moral high ground to lecture anybody on anything, especially when he is, with the greatest of respect, one of the most self-serving people out there. This guy only cares about issues as long as they benefit him. The guy isn't a saint. He isn't, you know, some good Samaritan trying to get people's livelihoods to be made better. Do you really think Jake Paul lies awake at night wondering if Bilal Muhammad has enough money? Do you really genuinely think he does? Well, then that's my argument right there. Yeah. Well, hey, king of controversy, of course. We'll see what happens, right? Oh, man. Well, let's move on to the best of the best. And we're talking about an actual MMA fighter now, surprisingly. Jeremy Stevens, uh, I think we can all agree a legend of the sport, someone that's done so much for the UFC. Um, he's leaving it now. And this is the big question. Hunter, starting with you, does Jeremy Stevens deserve to be in the UFC Hall of Fame? First off, I just want to say, you know, massive uh, congratulations to Jeremy Stevens almost. Um, you know, it takes a lot to leave the UFC, uh, especially when you're getting – paid, you know, like decent-ish money. I know Jeremy Stevens probably isn't getting paid top of the dollar, but still, after 15 years, it's hard for an actual fighter to walk away and yeah. know when he should walk away. But, um, I mean, it's it's hard to say here. On one hand, he's one of the most iconic fighters. Uh, he's got heavy knockout power. He's very entertaining to watch in the octagon and before the octagon even, uh, like, before the walkout even starts, he's just an entertaining person to be around and to listen to. But on the other hand, he gets knocked out a lot. He has the most losses in the UFC. Um, he has trouble making weight sometimes. Uh, I, I can go on with a few different issues, but all in all, I think we should save the Hall of Fame for the best of the best. I mean, Jeremy Stevens was fantastic, and he worked and worked and worked and did a fantastic job in, in his career, but I, he never got a belt. I mean, he, he never like broke any records of any sorts. Uh, he had really a lot of knockouts at featherweight. He might honestly, he might have the record for knockouts at featherweight because when he knocked people out, he was he was serious in that Conor McGregor thing. When he he didn't TKO people, he knocked people out. So he was always a very entertaining fighter. But in my eyes, I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy. But he's definitely legendary status here. I mean, he shouldn't be a fighter that just gets forgotten. And just you know, he's very very entertaining. He's very very good. All aspects. He changed the game in some sorts. Uh, but he's not Hall of Fame material in my eyes. Yeah, this is a very interesting question because, first of all, allow me to echo Hunter's sentiments. Massive congratulations to Jeremy Stevens. It takes a lot of courage to walk away from the game, the game that you're really good at and the game that you've known all your life. So I very much tip my hat to Jeremy Stevens in that regard. Um, this really comes down to which side of the line that you fall on. Is he, this, this is the first way you can look at it, is he of the ilk of George St. Pierre, Matt Hughes, Anderson Silva, you know, all these sort of people in the Hall of Fame and people that are going to be? Honestly, no. And that's in no disrespect whatsoever to Jeremy Stevens. But like Hunter said, he got knocked out a lot, you know, and he did lose a lot. And he had a lot of inconsistency in his career. He bounced up between featherweight and lightweight a lot. He missed weight quite a few times. So it certainly wasn't the perfect career by any means. However, if you measure his career in terms of what he gave to the UFC, 
then I think you could make a working class argument for him. Um, I would put it alongside the likes of Jim Miller, Matt Brown, people along those lines as an OG of the sport. I think there's a case to be made there. Strong enough? No. But sort of an underground argument? Yeah, maybe. To me, this isn't the most apt example because the, the person I'm comparing him to is probably better. This reminds me of whenever Julian Edelman retired from the NFL and people were making arguments over whether he should be a Hall of Fame inductee or not. And it's a really hard line to distinguish in you know, hard worker, great team player or outstanding player, you know, like I'm not making a comment one way or the other. I really like Julian Edelman, but he wasn't a Randy Moss. He wasn't a Jerry Rice. You know, he wasn't of that ilk, but he worked brilliantly in the team that he was in and he always gave his best. So that to me is what Jeremy Stevens is. He's like the Julian Edelman of the UFC always gave his best, had a lot of success, but also was never really brilliant. You know, he wasn't special. He wasn't flair-like. So I have to be honest, if I'm measuring it in the balance of things, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame fighter, but he certainly is. He's certainly a hero of the octagon amongst the likes of Donald Cerrone, Jim Miller, Matt Brown, and that ilk. But Hall of Fame, not for me. Yeah, I really, I, I think you guys nailed it. My, my biggest thing when you look at Hall of Fame, right? So whenever I, I determine anything for a Hall of Fame, can you write the, the, the story of the sport without the fighter in it, right? That's what I determine for the Hall of Fame. And as much as I love Jeremy Stevens, right? And, and I want to give the ma- a, a massive shout out to him, right? Because he put on so many wars. And if, if look, if you were going to make an argument for him being in the Hall of Fame, Make, a, make an argument for one of his fights being in the Hall of Fame. So he could be in the fight wing of the Hall of Fame, yes. not as the fighter of the Hall of Fame. That's where I think you should go as far as that route. But as far as a fighter being in the Hall of Fame, as much as I love Jeremy Stevens, as much as every single time he goes out there, he's going to fight, I just, I can't put him in there. And my 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 biggest thing, right, and why I think there is, as you know, we're making this NFL comparison, why I think there's more of an argument for Julian Edelman being in the NFL Hall of Fame is because he won Super Bowls. He won championships. Exactly. My biggest thing was Jeremy Stevens, right? If he won a belt, even if he didn't defend, if he won a belt, look, I very well could be making an argument for him being in the Hall of Fame with the amount of fights and knockouts and everything he had, despite the losses, right? Because BJ Penn's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He had a million losses in the later in his career. Look, my thing is, he just, he never, look, not only did he never win a title, he never even fought for a title. And yes, he was a phenomenal fighter, but his, his number of title runs really never even got started in his UFC career. He would always just kind of be a middle of the pack sort of guy. That's where it comes down to for me with Jeremy Stevens. Was he entertaining? Always. Yes. I loved him as a fighter, but I can never put him in that hall of fame bracket where I, the only exception, my biggest thing is right. I think if you are a title holder, more often than not, I think you deserve to be in the UFC Hall of Fame because you can't write the history of that division without them. The only exceptions I would make would probably be Duran Duran May. I don't think she should be in the Hall of Fame because she never even defended her yeah. title and ran away. Um, and then some other exceptions I would make, honestly, I would I would put Cowboy Donald Cerrone in the Hall of Fame, even though he never won the title. He was always up there in the top. He made three or four title runs. He could never just close the deal, but he has the most wins in UFC history or tied for it, most finishes in UFC history. That guy, I think, does deserve to be in there, even though he didn't win the title. Another dude I put up there would be uh, Uriah Faber. Absolutely. Yeah, like, 
one of the most yeah. dominant guys in 135, despite never winning a title in the he bantamweight had, division. He had five title runs, so. Exactly. And another dude, honestly, in the light heavyweight division, I would put Alexander Gustafson in that conversation yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. yeah I would too. Guys, and never won a title, but put, took both John Jones and Daniel Cormier to questionable decisions where he could have won. That dude Still was decisions. legendary. Some of the best boxing. The difference when we're describing those three guys compared to Jeremy Stevens is those three guys had so many title runs. And even if they weren't in the title run, they were fighting top five guys always. You look at their record. They're always, even if they're not technically in a title run, they're always in title contention because they're always fighting top five guys for the majority of their careers. Jeremy Stevens, I don't know how, like he fought some good guys, but not necessarily in the top five currently, some prospect guys, a, a lot of the gatekeeper role or just fun barn burner fights. I love Jeremy Stevens so much. I cannot stress it enough how legendary of a fighter he was and how grateful I am for Jeremy Stevens. But at the end of the day, I just, I can't put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, guys, let's move on to the discussion of the week, right? We can't pick fights again, although there is some good Eagle FC is coming up. That's actually fascinating. Bellator won championship. No UFC this weekend, so we're not picking any fights necessarily. However, let's talk about the ultimate fighter. Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes are the front runners f- to host the ultimate fighter uh, to coach it. Hunter, what do you think about this? I don't not like it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I-, I wish it was a few different people. Uh, cough, cough, Masvidal Covington. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's it's good. You know, uh, I, I love Amanda Nunes and Juliana, Juliana Pena shocked the world. So I, I don't hate this matchup and I don't hate watching them as coaches. I just want more like animosity between exactly. these two coaches. You know? yeah. they, 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 they had their, their quarrels at the pre- press conference, like somewhat, I guess. They got mad at each other. But when at the end of the day, it was all respect between the two of them. Um, so when their coaches on the season – they're going to be respectful towards each other. And it might just be kind of another slower season like last season, I feel like, if they're both going to be coaches. Like Volkanovski or Ortega, yeah, they had a few, like, arguments and whatnot, but it wasn't really any fire. There wasn't any really sense of danger when they, you didn't think any of them were going to fight on set. You didn't yeah. think anything was going to happen. And I don't think that's going to happen with Nunes or Pena either because they're too calm cool-headed you know they're, they're not hotheads <laughs> i hate to say it this way because it sounds like i'm rooting for hotheads to go on there but honestly i just want more controversy you know yeah. i want i want this to be two coaches that will that will get in each other's faces that absolutely do not like each other and that because that's how i remember the ultimate fighter you know um even those who didn't really hate each other like conor mcgregor and uriah faber they still had a lot of like jokes in between the two. Like they both joked and laughed with Crash each other. And that one was phenomenal. That oh, was phenomenal. Oh, it was amazing. I mean, how can you not? It was one of the best seasons ever. But this season right here, I don't even. These two aren't really the joking types either. I mean, they're not really. They're not the jokesters. They're not mad at each other really. It's just Juliana, Juliana Pena shocked the world. So off of that basis, I'm okay with it. Honestly, I, I'll watch it either way. Um, but there's a few others I'd like to see. I mean, Covington Mastodal would have been amazing. What if we got a Whitaker on Asanya uh, since they're having the rematch? That could have been really good too because though Whitaker's not much of a, a trash talker, you can tell the coaching and the joking that's going to be around there because he was on the Ultimate Fighter and, you know, he's coached before. I mean, it's 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 in the it's in the makings right there. Aljamain Sterling, Peter Yawn could have been good. Oh, I mean, oh, oh. The animosity <laughs> thing about those that. Two. 
I could go on. Volkanovsky Holloway. Uh, it's going to be the trilogy fight now. Uh, Volkanovsky's got all the cards in his corner. I mean, I understand he just coached, so wouldn't be the best. But I just imagine all the different matchups we could have had, and we're we're stuck with Pena Nunes. Uh, so I guess I'm going to put a negative connotation to it. It's all right. It's not the worst option, but it's not the best option. Yeah, for me, um, perhaps no surprise. I am very similar. It's a it's a meh for me. You know, <laughs> it, it's 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 not great, but it's not the worst lineup that we've ever had. You know, um, it just it just doesn't excite me the way previous years have. You know, like you know, whenever I think of previous years of the Ultimate Fighter, Michael Bisping, Jason Mayhem, Miller, Rampage Jackson, Rashad Evans. You know, names that jump out of the screen at you, you know, every episode is an event. This just isn't, you know, th- there's no real nice way of saying it. It's it's like, yeah, it's not the worst, but it, is anybody really going to watch it? You know, because this is one of those, this is one of those seasons where after about two or three episodes, you're just not going to watch an episode afterwards. It's a bit like, even though they're two unbelievable fighters, Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier. Yes, great lineup, but is anybody really going to be that excited about Way it? Way too friendly. Way too friendly. Yeah, they were, they're too both friendly. good guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. The thing is, not many people like admitting it, but we watch it for... It's a reality show. We watch it for the drama and the impact, you know, between the coaches and in the house and everything else. And, you know, Hunter, that was a brilliant example there. You know, Conor McGregor, Uriah Faber... You know, McGregor really on his way into the stratosphere. Uriah Faber still loved and relevant. You know, that season was legendary. You can pick out a moment from nearly every episode. You're not going to get that from this season. And that is just the truth. It's not going to be... I, I just feel like it's going to be a bit of a damp squid, if I'm honest with you. You know, it, it, it doesn't jump out at anyone and it doesn't really excite anyone. One, I'm actually going to give my prediction because I really want to hear Jack's as well. If I had to pick out of any pairing right now who I would pick to be coaches in the Ultimate Fighter, Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo. Oh, that's a How did I miss one. that? that that's a, a great one. one. That would be my pick because those two guys going out at Brandon with his Lego and Davison with his shitty music, you know, that, <laughs> that, that, that just writes itself right there. That's because with that, you've got a story. You've got three of the best fights we've ever seen. And you've got a fourth that's probably not going to be too far away either. Probably International Fight Week in Mexico City, hopefully, because that would be amazing. I mean, how good would that be? Like, say you have 125ers and 135ers. How good would that be? That'd be brilliant. The thing is, this is, like we've just said, I won't beat it to death. It's not the worst lineup it could have been, but it's in no way going to be the most memorable. Have a Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal. Have a Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueredo. Have an Adesanya Whitaker. You know something that actually gets the people going. You know, just I'm I'm just not excited. That's the honest truth. Yeah, I agree with you guys honestly. Like a lot of it too for me is this fight too. Like going into the watching the rematch, I don't, I, I don't want to know a lot about Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena, and that sounds weird, but like I want to know, like I want to like have like <laughs> the mysterious, like what is her actual game plan? How's Amanda Nunes actually going to look? How's she going to handle going back at, at Juliana Pena? Like I, I really, the biggest thing is right for watching the Ultimate Fighter. 
you're not really as crazy as that sounds. I mean, you're watching it for the fights, of course, but you're not really watching it for the fights because especially nowadays, you got Dana White Contender Series, there's fight nights all the time, there's UFC all the time, there's other organizations everywhere. So why should we watch the Ultimate Fire, right? You want to watch it for, look, old school Ultimate Fire. Why did people watch the Ultimate Fire? Why is the Ultimate Fire but saved the UFC in the early days? Because of the craziness that would go on there, especially between the coaches, and then you get the teams involved, and you have like mob like mentality, like wars going on between each other. That's why you watch the Ultimate Fire. I really like, and it's just so odd. Like the only reason they're doing this is because Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunes. There's nothing to do with the personalities here. I don't think at all. So I think meh is the, is the perfect description of this. So some, some interesting things I was thinking about, right? Um, I think, uh, and this fight got announced and we'll talk about it on, on a later episode. Of course, uh, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler would be oh, a phenomenal cool. ultimate fighter. That's a good point to make. It doesn't need to be a cha- two championships, like a championship fight for the ultimate fighter. Exactly. I would totally watch a Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler. Right? Are you kidding me? Not only would oh. they be going good back and forth, but the, that would be one of the best coaching performances yes. you would ever see. Because Tony Ferguson would be doing Eddie Bravo. wild stuff. They yeah. would be doing some wild stuff, right? And then you got Michael Chandler, who's basically <laughs> like already a coach himself. Like the workouts he does is phenomenal. Those two would be a fun. I would love that. Um, let's see another one I was thinking about. And these guys probably, I don't think the fight between them would be very competitive or good at all. In fact, I hope it doesn't happen. However, I think we all have to admit an ultimate fire between them would be amazing would be Sean O'Malley and Cody Garbrandt. Oh, I think that would be heck yeah. a really Just good ultimate. Cody Garbrandt on reality TV is my favorite thing. And Sean O'Malley <laughs> would work. You know Sean O'Malley would oh. work in that. Like, um, and then, Showing up baked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, the trash talk they'd have going back, like, you know Cody Garbrandt would get so mad and stuff like that. Like, I, w- I would love that. Um, the last one, and this one would never happen because they're, they're way too big now. They're way too big to do it. However – if the UFC was able to somehow put these guys together, the old, this would like, people would always, they would, everyone would tune into the show. If they got this Connor and Diaz, they got them to do it. Right. That would be the ultimate dream thing because like, you don't even need to explain why that would be amazing. The trilogy of them going back and forth. It would never in a million years happen. Now it would never in a million years happen. However, if it did, Tell me you guys wouldn't watch every single episode. I would be waiting, counting down the hours until the episode to watch that if it was those guys. So um, those are probably my dream matchups. Um, realistically, I think it should have been uh, uh, Covington versus Masvidal. I think that was logical. And I think also you had you had Masvidal versus Leon Edwards on the table before. You had, you had Covington Usman on the table before. I really I, – getting these guys going back and forth was the perfect option, I really think. Didn't happen. You know, Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena. I'll probably watch some of it, but you know that's kind of that's kind of it. I'll watch it because it's it's my job now. So <laughs> 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 I'll watch it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll tell you guys right. how it is. I'll sum it up in the episode. Oh man, that was, that was a great line, but you um, <laughs> and I, I gotta be. I'll tell you what. I actually want to ask you guys both the question sure. because I think we covered this so well. If you had, if you had a podium. First, second, third of potential pairings. It's if you were in charge of the Ultimate Fighter, which three pairs of coaches would you have on this present season? Are we going realistic or more dream like? Or does it matter? And, and, you know what? Dream. Okay. How do you want to uh, go? I can go first. Yeah, you, yeah. Want. you want to go on ahead, Hunter, and then Jack? Sure, I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, 
number one is Diaz McGregor for sure. Yeah. I thought about mentioning it. I just didn't want to say it because it, it's a dream. It's, it's not going to happen. Diaz is talking about how, how much he hated the ultimate fighter. Even in his, as soon as he won, he's like, I, I hate that house. I, I hope you guys <laughs> never go there. Like <laughs> it would be, it, it would be terrible. Diaz coaching would be hilarious too. I just don't see him coaching anything, but then again, it could be a lot of fun. Just back and forth talks. Yeah. Um, Number two, I'd have to give maybe like TJ Dillashaw and uh, Peter Yawn. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I think TJ Dillashaw as a coach before was a lot, he's been on the show a few times now, coaching and just being a guest star and whatnot. But that fight would just be fun for a lot of different reasons. They both have a lot to provide in terms of coaching. I'm sure they don't like each other. I mean, I can't imagine TJ Dillashaw and, and Peter Yawn getting well, getting getting together, but you know, like being nice and whatnot. Yeah. And then I guess last, maybe not. I mean, last in terms of, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it. That one I just said is gonna be third. Number two is Masvidal Covington. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm 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 along the similar lines. I mean, number one's gotta be Connor Diaz, right? It'll never happen, yeah. but if it did, like I would watch every second and rewatch episodes. That would be the best season ever. Um, number two, I'd say I would say uh, Masvidal Covington. Those guys are, are going to go back and forth, and it's going to be hilarious. And number three, I just think for a combination of everything, I think I really think uh, Ferguson versus Chandler would be a phenomenal Ultimate Fighter season. I, I really think so. So that, that's probably my top three. Guys, I love both of those. And my top three would be solely for the reality TV factor, yeah. which, let's be honest, is the most important factor when it comes to tough, absolutely, McGregor-Diaz. There's no real other number one. That would get 10 million views every episode, and I'm not joking. It the easily that, would, yeah. Yeah, if anything, it would probably go higher. So I really, really like that. My second pick is probably the more realistic pick, and that would be Moreno Figueredo because oh, yeah. I think I think that would be just a great season all around. My third would absolutely be Ferguson Chandler because I I in my head I'm picturing the moment when they say up to the scale Michael Chandler and Michael Chandler starts saying his matchup and then hang on I'm talking brother. You know, that, that's what I'm picturing in my head with the sunglasses and everything at the side of every fight. It's Tony Ferguson's guy is just trying to Eminari rule every fighter in Chandler's the team. Tires, yeah. The tires, yes, and the and the electro music in the gym. Oh, that would just be lit. And then I'm going to have an honorable mention for just purely fantasy, like from any era, Rampage Jackson and Derek Lewis. Oh, my God. That would have been crazy. That's cheating, though, because like that would be too much. That, oh. that would break everything. <laughs> How about Derek Lewis, Taitu Basa? Oh, how much fun would that be? That would be good. That wouldn't be. That would be insane. I mean, like it's too late now, but that would be amazing. Basa is pretty green and kind of newer in the sport. Oh no! But, I mean, like it's it's on, honestly man. it's the coaches behind them that is coaching the actual fight. Yeah, so yeah. It would just be, really be a reality TV show between. Who can make each other laugh harder, Derek Lewis or Taito Abbas? Those are the two best personalities in heavyweight, probably in the entire year. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. You I love the, that. You know, for the first episode of the series, do you remember that video Derek Lewis did on in Instagram when he's wearing the shirt and tie? And he's like, hi, I'm Derek Lewis, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sensitive. I'm sophisticated. <laughs> I'm sophisticated. And I'm not looking at pictures of booties on Instagram. That needs to be his intro for the oh, series. Because that would be the... Oh, I, I actually love that a lot. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. Well, I love all of these picks and everything. Great episode, guys. As always, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Listen to us everywhere, literally everywhere, including iTunes and Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at MMA.island and check out our website, MMAisland.net. 
Again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Great podcast, guys. Thank you, guys. Well, damn it. Now I'm hung up on Ferguson and Chandler, but thanks, everyone. <laughs> oh.